Hello, welcome back to Bionic. This is episode 52. Today is July 25th, 2013. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined as I always am by Mr. Matthew Alexander. Welcome, Matthew, to Bionic. Um, you don't sound that excited, Mike. Hello. Hi. Hi. Have you noticed that today's episode, uh, 52, is the reverse of today's date? It's my fun fact for the beginning of the show. It's excellent. <laughs> Setting us up for greatness. <laughs> I was basically trying so hard to get my F's and TH's correct in the, that um, intro that I lost all personality. <laughs> it's, that sounds so sad. It it's like, like an epidemic. Like- because it's like every you're time giving up your personality just so you can make um, a random subset of American people happy. Every time I feel like I've this got is it. basically what happened to the British Empire. It's just you so are difficult. a giant metaphor for the Queen. It's just so difficult for me to talk these days because yeah. I constantly overthink things. And I, and Soon I, you won't even say H anymore. When I'm talking, oh no, I will always do that. When I'm talking to people in real life. I can see that now notice that I'm doing it because something changes in my face, right? Because I'm thinking more than somebody should when they're about to say a word. You probably have a very strokey, constipated look when mm. you do it. <laughs> yep. You're probably like one eye closed. You know what I should be doing? And you will appreciate this. Like whenever I'm about to say any word of a DH sound in it, remove my tearaway trousers to, <laughs> as so to, to like just to refocus people's attention. I mean, obviously, I'm always a proponent of removing one's trousers, but the only core issue here is that... Is that the only issue? There's there's one major issue here, and it's that um, removing your trousers, you do so with the sole aim of not putting them back on. Um, (laughs) Mine would be an elastic, so you would only get them so far before they would snap back on again. Well, so the problem is that you say you're fuzz and hashes so much, um, for hashes, if you will, um, that you'd have to keep putting your trousers on and off. And unless we actually pursued some sort of magnet system, actually, you know, it would make a lot of sense. Have you ever seen those plastic bag dispensers? Michael? I'm thinking. You know, like when... Um, you store plastic bags in a bag inside your house or something. There's like a little dispenser for them. They pop out a bit like a, like a Kleenex box. Oh, right. Yeah. Bags. If you would have just yeah. went with tissue but if you, box. If you just had there. a satchel of tearaway trousers at any given time. Are they like attached to each other like a clown's handkerchiefs? So every time I tear off a pair, another pair is automatically put on. That would be incredible. Yeah, something like that. Someone can make a gif out of that, right? It would just be a really, really upsetting kids' party trick. Like, that, there's got to be the ability to make a, a gif doing that. Oh, here's Mike, the homeless clown, who's going to pull... Oh, God, he's pulling out trousers. <laughs> and he's still going. I think if you hire the homeless clown, you kind of get whatever you're given. Well, the, dis- the upsetting thing about clowns is that all of them are homeless. Why is that the upsetting thing? Because why are we hiring homeless people that have fantastic makeup when we could just be giving them food or something? We're hiring them so they can buy their food. This is such a rabbit hole. Um, this is a show about technology. Yeah, and clowns. 
not <laughs> it's about clowns now. It was about tearaway trousers and technology last week. Clowns would be really good strippers. They seem like the sort of people what? that. What are you saying? Well, they, it seems like they'd know the way around the removal and uh. management of clothing in a very creative way. I mean, you don't disagree, obviously. So we're two days late recording this week, and that was by design because we had a, a Google event yesterday. I think everybody was expecting more than what we received. <laughs> Which is what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yesterday was interting. We had breakfast with Sundar. Uh, which would be a great TV show name. <laughs> what a stupid name for an event. There was no breakfast. There might have been, but we didn't see The most embarrassing comment. <laughs> the most embarrassing comment was when they, not to sort of spoiler alert, when they introduced the Nexus 7 2. Spoiler alert! Well, whatever it is. Well, I know. mean, do you think people were waiting until this show to find out? Uh, I would. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, <laughs> So when they introduced it, Hugo Barra, who's like the head of the Nexus thing, came out and he was like, he pulled it out of his back pocket, which A, is hilarious because how big are his back pockets? And uh, B, he pulled it out and he was just like, here it is. And it was so like lackluster. Well, because it was And like four people, like there was this delayed moment. And then like two people were like, yeah. And it ended. And it was like, why even bother with the applause in the first place? <laughs> and the number one comment I saw come back to this was, they're not clapping because they're all eating breakfast. And there was no breakfast there. It was just breakfast time. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but the majority, oh, it's not even the majority, it's the point of the story is that um, it was just a really lackluster reception and people just need to recognize that. The thing is, though, I mean, uh, the problem with that is you saw the video because usually you don't see the video for those events because it was only journalists there and at Apple events the applause is coming from the non-journalists you know private Apple events there there isn't that much applause and like I remember there was a do you remember the Amazon Kindle event yeah where they where they announced the um, Kindle yeah with the 4G that me and you thought was like really impressive and, and still is that they were able to do that. Oh, yeah, because you paid and it came with a certain amount, right? Yeah. Um, there was no applause then either. It was interesting. Yeah, and look how well it's doing now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, maybe that's a serious point to make. So tell me, just trolling. tell me about the Nexus 7 too, which is we need to come up with. Yeah, we need to have a better name. I think the new Nexus 7. But then Nexus again, the second. But then, well, it's like the iPad, right? But the iPad doesn't finish in a number. Hmm. You Nexus tell me. You tell us about it, and I'll work out a new a new name for the Nexus Seven too. Um, it's thinner. It has a three hundred and twenty three PPI nineteen twenty by twelve hundred display, um, which is the highest uh, resolution display of any tablet, and uh, it still manages to have nine hours of battery for uh, watching video and ten hours for web browsing. And it runs Android 4.3, which most interestingly has multi-user support, which a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time from things like the iPad and Android. And um, it has exclusive support for Netflix 1080p streaming. End of list. 
Prince Nexus 7 of Cambridge <laughs> is what I've come up with. Why? Wow. Oh, it's a baby reference. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense, though, because that's their first baby. Also, um, the, the baby is named after me. If your name was George. No, it has Alexander in the name. <laughs> yeah, but it's also named after people called George and Louis or Cambridge or Prince. Well, you're, you're just jealous because it has no mics with Ys in it. If that happened, I would Can be very surprised. <laughs> King Mike. That was me trying to pronounce it. Why do you pronounce it like that? Why do you need to be that guy? Just say it like it's meant to be said. Mike. The mic is the the mic. The mic is purely for show. For this show. About? Never mind. Okay. So the real piece of information. The, the interesting piece of information about the Nexus 7 is the screen, right? Right. Um, extremely high resolution, and we've been subject to a huge amount of rumors lately that the iPad mini will not have a retina-level display when it's updated, presumably, later this year. So the interesting thing is that uh, the Nexus 7 uh, is now the new version, or whatever the hell you called it, is $229. Um, as opposed to the iPad Mini's $329. It has, it's exactly the same size roughly now, except with odder um, dimensions. It has good battery life, and it has um, a really great display. So the big, big, big takeaway out of all of this is that if Apple is unable to, at the last minute, get a retina display in there, or if maybe if these rumors have just been completely inaccurate, it could make for a really interesting sort of Christmas period because a high-resolution display, amongst all these other things, is actually a big enough selling point that I suspect that people would actually care about that sort of thing within shopping because, you know, it's something that matches up specification-wise uh, with the iPad mini, but the display is better and all that sort of stuff. So it could actually make a sizable impact on holiday shopping. Um, I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, we both had... Nexus 7s last year, I suspect that neither of us really use them that much anymore, but we both agree that they were sort of ideal for comic books. Um, at the moment, I, I exclusively use, well, I, I'm mainly by print now, but um, I've been using the iPad mini for that, and it's been great, but the Nexus 7 was always better. And now that this has gone retina and it's available for fairly cheap, that could be a really good option. I'm interested... Um... I'm interested to see what Apple do. Is that the extent of your... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, it's not, <laughs> is it? Obviously, that wasn't all I was going to say. Okay. I'm interested to see what Apple do in regards to um, the Retina aspect. Because as well, like the Nexus 7 is most likely going to remain cheaper than the iPad as well. Right. What are the prices? 229 for 16 gigabytes um, Wi-Fi. And I think it's 269 with uh, 32 gigs. And then for the LTE-equipped 32 gigabyte model, it's, uh, I don't know, like 349 or something? I think it's, it's, it's yeah. like, for the price of the maxed-out Nexus 7 with LTE is just a few more dollars than the current iPad mini basic 16 gig model Wi-Fi. 
Which is interesting. I mean, you can sit and um, and you can argue backwards and forwards, you know, with points on both sides about build quality and, and any manner of things, right? Mm-hmm. As to why one is better than the other, why one is worth its price and why one isn't. Um, but when you're looking at the just the sticker prices in a Best Buy, um, it will be interesting to see what people gravitate towards. Um, how much does one name hold over the other and all that sort of stuff. But I find, I just find it interesting that if Apple don't have a Retina Mini in October, say, it may be another year before we see one because we presume that they will be updating that product line because it would have been like 18 months old. It was released in... Oh, was, oh, yeah, it wasn't it was, released it was in March, was year. it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I always think, because the iPad used to be released in March, but that one wasn't, because mm-hmm. um, they did two that year. It was two released that year. Yeah. So it would be a year, so you'd have expected that they would do something, but then you'd think that Apple would probably want to try and get a bigger margin out of the Mini, because it sells really well, but is a low-margin product. So to upgrade something as intrinsic to the device as the screen to something that would be more expensive you, you see why they might not have initially thought of doing that um, but this definitely makes makes it look uh, out of place I think it will be um, I mean obviously this is conjecture um, we could well be proven wrong about everything that's been said about Apple um, and the iPad mini but you know, I think it's going to be really interesting because the the Nexus Seven does have a solid value proposition. Um, it's a capable tablet. It doesn't. The experience may not quite measure up, um, as we've discussed quite a bit on this show. Um, apps for Android tablets don't measure up really to the iOS ecosystem at this stage. Um, but this is the sort of thing that could really. Um, I think I think it could really cause developers to rally around it if if well it's not, I don't I don't necessarily think that they need more more apps for the general public like they've got most like the the Nexus devices already have most of the mainstream applications on them Netflix and Kindle um, etc you know right you know what I mean like for me and you there might not be all of the apps that we would want. Right, but yeah, you're right. For the average consumer, if they just want to watch Netflix and read the internet and everything, this has Chrome, which syncs with your desktop, be it PC or Mac. Um, it has a great display, uh, good battery life. Um, it's a does great everything you really life. need it to. It's thin and it's light, and it has an incredible uh, screen. I mean, that is again the mo- the perfect comic device. It is, yeah. Because you can get Comicsology on it. Simple. 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 That's a very um, British joke. Yeah, no one's going to get that. Nobody will get that. I'll put a video in the show notes so people can understand what that. What well, are they weasels? Uh, they're uh, meerkats, as in compare oh, yeah, the meerkats, yeah. not compare the weasel. The whole advertising campaign. Well, they're, they're that lengthy mammal, yeah. though, aren't they? We should just move on from this because that doesn't. Well, make... I mean, there is a whole subset of mammals that's just lengthy, um, and so they're easy to mistake. Mike? I don't... Sometimes I'm like, I just need to just wait to see if you have anything else that you need to say. Well, I thought you might want to talk about lengthy mammals for a minute. Yeah, I know. See, I didn't really get what where, where that was. Like, 
Do you, you don't have any opinions about lengthy mammals? Like giraffes? No, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a good example. I was thinking more like ferrets and uh, sausage dogs and, uh, I don't know, aren't whales mammals? They're pretty long. You're a very tall person. You're a long mammal. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, for example, am quite vertically challenged, so I would not consider myself a long mammal. You're not, you're not like... Short, short. I'm not short. Okay. I'm not, I'm not tall. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. Short man syndrome just came out flying. <laughs> I'm not short, but I will beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> Get me a step, la- step ladder and I will really hurt you. Um, what were we talking about? Um, Long mammals. No, before that. Meerkats. Before that. Simple, <laughs> simple. Okay, yeah. No, so I don't know. I mean, you didn't buy one presumably right they're not out until like september or something yeah yeah well but i'm not gonna get one I'm, I'm, I, I, I uh i went into my kitchen uh last night was there one there yeah there is one though <laughs> really? there's an extra seven there um and i was uh i was trying to get a usb cable out from uh behind one of my appliances which i used to charge my camera and i went back there and my nexus 7 was just there and i thought it was off but it turns out it's been plugged in so it's literally just it, it doesn't it just doesn't even know what to do with it so it's just been it receiving so notifications. notifications for so long and it's been and because it, i because i wiped it and started afresh so it's on google talk so oh man it, it's just got like i mean i moved in april so it's been on since then so it's got like three months worth of instant messages and notifications and app updates and just ridiculousness. It's been downloading podcasts. Um, it must be full. Yeah. It's a bit like when you've... Oh, I'm not going to go into this. I was going to talk... No. Don't. If you are stopping yourself from saying it, it I was going to talk about when you suddenly it. find out like someone has been kept on like a sex farm or something. Why and did it, you... like? You stopped yourself. You, you managed to do that. Well, otherwise people would have been angry. They would have been like, what was he going to say? I think more people are angry now than they would have been if you said nothing. They have really aggressive opinions about sex farms. I think a lot of people do, one way or another. (laughs) One way or another. (laughs) Well, the people that like them really (laughs) Some people are really bullish about (laughs) sex farms, uh, particularly in Germany. Matt, Um, Matt. Anyway, so (laughs) I actually, I think... Hey, I've listened to the first five minutes of the prompt, and I know for a fact that you guys all dabbled in some very light racism, and we don't we don't do that on this upstanding show. So I um, think you'll find that that was not correct. I was merely being mocked for the fact that I tried to say something German on Command Space and failed, and then those two were being. You lot just feel like xenophobic. you can do whatever you want because you've got your little continental European friend with his sunglasses. I am also a Euro- in Europe. What do you mean? You said, like, we have the European friend. I'm not American. I said continental European friend. Oh, okay. I didn't hear the continental bit. Sizable difference, Michael. Continental's a great word. It makes me, it think, is. It makes me think of breakfast. I was about to say, I feel like eating some eggs right now. And, like, croissants. <sighs> They're always a part of the continental breakfast for me because it's food of the continent. I mean, every pretty much everything else at... Um, 
that a continental breakfast. You could have a regular breakfast. For a, for a brief moment, you sounded like you just tripped and fell off like a colonial vessel from the mid-1800s. <laughs> oh, I do love a good continental breakfast with the food from the continent. <laughs> it's a good sampling of all the various wares you can, can consume. The funny thing is that's, that is not too far a, a step from your regular accent. I do like to consider myself um, inspired vocally by mid uh, 19th century captains. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, um, what was I going to say? No, I was going to say something really exciting. Um, you and I can have a continental breakfast together at XOXO. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Um, it's just whenever whenever that <laughs> the name of that festival is said aloud by you I just XOXO. feel like I just feel like nothing it sounds like a posh sex farm Chromecast so, terrible um, name no no I have a point to make before that alright well then make it please yeah, make okay. it so uh, the Nexus 7 part 2 uh, the return is it's, it's quite interesting. It, it's a good price, and I think it's actually going you know, to make for a very interesting competition this fall. I think um, I think there's a lot to be seen about what happens there, and I think it's really in Apple's court to do something. Presumably, Amazon's going to do something as well. We've all kind of forgotten that. Um, yeah, because they're so... Their tablets are made for the mainstream. Like, everybody else, they make tablets, tablets that can be picked up by the mainstream but they also know that nerds will use them i think amazon are safe in the knowledge that only the mainstream will buy their tablets which is why we forget about them um but i think there's there's gonna be a lot that's gonna happen before the holiday season i think the nexus 7 i think it played an important role last christmas time uh, particularly outside the u.s in my opinion um when i was in london i saw a lot of promotion for it and a lot of people talking about buying one um the price point was just extremely compelling. And I think now that they have uh, feature parity in terms of specifications and potentially um, doing far better than their nearest competitor or their biggest competitor, then that's, that's going to make for something really interesting to happen. The one thing that continues to really let me down, um, you know, the 4.3 looks great. It's got this multi-user support that look, actually looks really, really, really well implemented. And even, you know, the likes of John Gruber and co have been very... Um, for the praise for it, um, it's it's something sorely needed for these devices. But the thing like, that continues so to really one of the, sorry, one, I wanted to make one point about that. Um, okay. You can even turn off in-app purchases on certain profiles. Yeah, and it has like kid lockdown. Yeah, it's so responsible. But sorry. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's very responsible. Um, I was going to make a sex fun joke, but I won't. Um, the, the thing that really bothered me, and it will always bother me, was, um, you know, they were mirroring the display to, you know, to the present everything that was happening on the tablet. And it's just that massive black bar at the bottom that it just spoils the whole thing. Because right now, the, um, the entire, you know, face of this whole thing um, has these giant... Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> don't, don't worry, ignore this. Just um, carry on. Uh, I was just going to say that it has a giant um, <laughs> bezel, and, you know, it has a giant forehead, 
and chin. And uh, with the black bars, it, you know, makes everything much, much worse. So I don't know. I find it troublesome. Um, I think it takes up far too much screen real estate for something that already has quite a big bezel. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have clearly, they've clearly decided they wanted to try and keep it as cost-friendly as possible. And part of that for them is to not necessarily go with the sexiest design. Can we talk about what you just wrote into our notes while I was speaking and trying no. to make a cogent point? Nope. Michael has just written in ghost font. Oh, this That's is the a producer way I can thing. Describe this it. is a producer red thing. with a neon green background. A big threat against me in case I said something bad. What could I possibly have said that was bad? Just with the. Uh, the... Is it because I said black bar. No, <laughs> it wasn't anything to do with your current that that current sentence, but just the general theme of which you are approaching throughout this episode. You mentioned one point about a very specific type of farming, and knowing you as I know Intensive you, farming, they call it. knowing you as I know you, you're going to continue down this road. And I just want you to remember that we are a family-friendly show. That was all, because I know you, Matthew. You do. It's it's probably good. Um, should we talk <laughs> about Chromecast? <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you think? As a really ridiculous name. It sounds like a podcast about Chrome. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. Like, it's just... Apple have AirPlay, which is a great name. Yeah. Google it's came early. It's... Google. Ah, that noise happens every time you mirror the display. Google came up with Chromecast, which is a horrible name. It's like, how can we get the Chrome in there? They have a, a brand called Play. Like, it's an actual brand that they had. Playcast is better than Chromecast, but anyway, I have absolutely no real interest in this product. So I bought one. Yeah, well, we can get onto that in a minute. Like, why? Because the the logic for why you bought one is good. Um, but like, so with the Chromecast, you can plug in via HDMI, right? And USB. It has to be done by both. They had that in the small print, but no one saw it. It requires a power cable, so it requires to be plugged into USB at the same time. So you have to have an HDTV that has a USB port, or you have to have like a USB plug nearby. I've seen people that have also, I've seen pictures of them with a, a plug socket in. Yeah, no, it's a micro USB slot. So you don't necessarily have to plug it in by USB; you just have to give it power. However, however that may be, because you get what you get. Like why I'm saying the difference. Yeah. No, I do. Um, but I think that it plugs in via USB. It does. But you can attach an adapter, right? A HDMI uh, adapter, I think I, I it comes no with. You no, know, no, it, it's built in with HDMI, but okay. it just requires a separate power source via USB. Cool. That's, that's all. And um, all it really allows you to do is you're not, it's not AirPlay because you're not taking video from the device that you have and beaming it to your television. You are... The, the, that device is going out to the internet to to find the content that you want it to have. So, for example, if, you want, if you're on Hulu, then you will have it go to Hulu by going in the Chrome. You can go into Chrome and get it to replicate tabs. So then you are then just on that 
on your TV on a web page, or if you're in YouTube or in Netflix and you press the Chromecast button in those applications, it's not taking the video from your device like AirPlay. It's going and contacting the servers of those companies and bringing that video and putting it onto your TV. I think in some situations it does sling, though, and actually uh, mirror. What situations? Not, I don't know. Because I, I, I'm just saying very generally, that's that's the assumption I had. Because I could be the Chrome stuff, it allows you to like navigate away from the video or something. I think it, they were showing, but anyway, that's the the key difference, though, right? Is like for YouTube and stuff, it's not you're not mirror mirroring the content. Like they even showed the demo of Netflix, where you can then just go in and use the Netflix app and find another video. And it's playing on your TV. Right. So no, I, I mean, it, obviously it's stifled, and obviously it has a very limited use case. Um, but it's thirty-five dollars. If you're and, in the United States of America, right. So the the thing that you alluded to, my philosophy for this, I wasn't going to buy one. Um, but there's two reasons I did. One. Um, it should allow you to work with flash video and things like that. And for those of us who are very interested in watching British sports who do not live in the country, which is quite um, a headache because a lot of it's not often on TV and things like that. There are some very, very legal ways that you can watch these sports over flash and you'll merely well, no, be taking I actually it. do watch them legally. Yeah. I use a VPN in the UK and have and pay for the services on Sky and um, I have exactly. to watch them on my computer That's that what way. I was saying. I was saying that there are very legal ways that you are consuming the content. Right. So I can do it now on my TV and things like that. It's, these are the things I've always tried to do with Apple TVs. I even bought a Roku a while back to try and do it. Um, but it's always never worked that well. But this actually could work quite well. And the second reason, which is far more important, really, is can that... Can I ask you a quick um, question? Sorry, just okay, on yeah. that first one. What about airplane mirror, mirroring? Mirroring. It's too slow. Ah, okay, cool. It's, it's really jittery for that sort of stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it is because AirPlay is good because it caches the video, but AirPlay yeah. mirroring. When you when you mirror, yeah. if you try and if you've ever tried to watch a video or anything, I have. I've tried to watch VLC. Yeah, you get like two frames at a time. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're watching something on VLC, there's a brilliant app. If you ever want to watch a video that you typically watch on your Mac as like a .mkv or anything like that, there's an app called Beamer, which is sort of ten dollars or so really well done and it lets you just you drag and drop a video file onto Beamer and it'll work with any Apple TV on the same Wi-Fi network. You are um, a genius. It's really, really useful. I mean, there's a lot of different apps that do it, but um, Beamer is probably the easiest and most well-designed and it actually has um, an icon that doesn't make you want to gouge your own eyes out. So um, I'm a big fan. I use it to, um, to watch a lot of different things. I, I back up a lot of stuff, so it's all definitely illegal. My uh, my special lady lady friend will be very happy that you found this. I'm very pleased. I like to contribute to your relationship non-sexually. Um, and um, anyway, uh, so point two, uh, it's it's thirty five dollars. Mm -hmm. Are you still laughing? Mm -hmm. It's it's thirty five dollars. XOXO coming soon. Um, <laughs> It's, it's $35, um, but it includes three months of Netflix. And that's the sort of thing where you typically read it and think, well, I already have Netflix, so this isn't going to apply to me. But in the small print, it applies to new existing and returning users, uh, you know, unilaterally. So literally anyone and everyone is eligible for three months of Netflix. 
And because Netflix is such a widely subscribed to um, service uh, for people like me, that basically means I get three months and I'm subsidizing the purchase, which basically renders the uh, Chromecast about $11. And for that amount, it's... I mean, for those of us that are interested in the in you know in the competitive landscape and seeing what's going on and experimenting with this sort of stuff, um, it's it would be silly not to try it. And more importantly, um, for me, you know, I'm always traveling around and um, presenting to a lot of different people and bringing an Apple TV or something like that and having to plug it into a TV just so you could um, do a presentation or bringing your Mac and trying to hook it up to a TV and lots of different things. It can be fairly impractical. But the Chromecast is platform agnostic. You can use a Windows phone, you can use uh, an iPhone, you can use an Android phone or any sort of tablet or Mac, anything that runs Chrome, basically, um, to present content on the television um, wherever you are. And that's extremely powerful. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you need a USB cable. And it's like, that's that's such an inconsequential thing. I always have one with me anyway. Um, and... I think it's a good trade-off. It would be a really, really valuable thing to have if you have to present from time to time. Um, so I've bought one. I don't, I don't anticipate using it. And everyone's sort of all in this fluster of, you know, oh, but the Apple TV's, you know, more powerful. Of course it is. You'd be ridiculous to think it didn't. Um, and it's embarrassing that people think they need to make that argument in this it, sort of very defensive sort of way. It is a third of the price. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's $35. It doesn't intend or pretend to be anything more than just a device for placing content onto the television. It's not a robust piece of hardware like the Apple TV intends to be. It's, it's, a, it's, it's Google at, at its best in experimenting with something fun and inconsequential and whimsical and something that can actually benefit you in a really subtle and meaningful way that has a very, very, very low barriers entry. Um, obviously, it's predominantly for the US and stuff right now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think I, it's very easy to be negative about things like this. But um, in my eyes, it's it's fun. It's it's easy to get a hold of, and it could be a really good way to uh, democratize uh, sharing content on televisions. Um, it's a shame they've moved away from open standards that they were touting, you know, this time last year. Um, but nonetheless, I'm quite impressed. I must say. So I have two points, and then we will uh, we'll move on. Point me. Um, so point one, I just don't think it's something that's very interesting for me. I'm I'm not really a traditional consumer in that in that regard of, of sort of television and media and stuff like that. I, I just like to watch things on my computer, and like it's just the way that I am. Um, the second, like I remember, I was reading the live blog because I was I was on the tube. Uh, um, when the video was going on, because it was like at like slightly like five p.m. my time, and um, I f- I was reading along and I I found it very amusing. I think it was Sundar started the presentation for the Chromecast, and he was like, "We have found that something like seven percent or seventeen percent or some small number of people are watching sort of YouTube um, clips on their television, and uh, you know we 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 want to try and fix that problem." Do you think that maybe people just don't want to, or do you think that it's a real problem that need a problem that needs to be solved? I mean, I don't. I mean, it's one of those situations where it's like <laughs> the reason why Netflix is doing so well at the moment is because they have good content, and the reason why YouTube doesn't matter is because not everyone's sitting around like, oh, <laughs> let's 
let's watch just all the cat videos right now. I really need some Minecraft videos. Oh my god, I'm gonna watch first person just people playing Call of Duty for the next eight hours, and it's gonna be amazing. And you know, you know what I need right now? I need some racist eleven-year-old white kids yelling at a TV. That's what I need. So there That's are definitely I- use cases for why you know there are there are things on YouTube that are longer than ten minutes that you might want to watch, but that's a small proportion of what's on Netflix and a small proportion of what people use Netflix for. Uh, I mean, YouTube. I mean, YouTube. YouTube. I mean, YouTube. YouTube. I mean, I was about to say YouTube is the YouTube comments of the internet, but that's a gigantic paradox. Um, YouTube is a bottomless hellscape that is full of people that think they're really important and interesting um, and are just not. It's useful as a way to deliver content um, for like trailers and things like that. And it's useful if you have to share, um, you know, a promotional video or something like that and using it as a hosting service. But as this sort of social mechanism, something that you'd open on your television to enjoy some content, um, I genuinely can't imagine anything worse. Did any of that make any sense? Sure did. Have you ever read YouTube comments? I try not to. Oh my god! It's not not really a place that I want to spend too much time. YouTube comments. Um, well, uh, final thing. Did you see the the ad for the Chromecast? No. I've included a screenshot in our notes. What is this? It's a puppy sitting up watching TV. Look Why? at how happy he looks. Why is that happening? It was actually a really good ad. You know, Apple. I mean, not Apple. It was it was very googly. It, they were very sort of. It's very sort of personal and fun, and it had this visceral sense of um, I don't know uh, whimsy to the whole thing. It was kind of just people really enjoying things for the sake of enjoying them, and it was never you. People were never watching alone, with the exception of this small dog. Can you give uh, me a drop the link for that so I can let the people of the world see this this image of a. For some reason, an, an animal wanting to watch television. Like He's that's reclining. Something that really happens. It's how I picture you sitting right now. You're sitting next to a nice majestic box of um, floral Kleenexes and a, an empty birdcage, inexplicably. It's the um, floral of Kleenexes. And that seems like it seems very British. I bet you have Kleenexes in a birdcage within four feet of you. Neither. Mm. Five feet. <laughs> Should we talk about our lovely friends at Squarespace? Would you like to? No, I can't. You do it. <laughs> you can't. No, I didn't end up saying something really inappropriate. Let's take a quick moment to talk about Squarespace, Matthew. They are the only one platform that make it easy to create your own website, and they bring you this episode of Bionic. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, tons of style options for you to adjust, and they allow you to really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes your site look fantastic on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, and if you need any help, they have amazing support. They have a great support team that work 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to make sure that you're okay and to help you out of any issues you may have with your Squarespace site. 
While you're there, make sure you go check out their new homepage while you're over at squarespace.com signing up for your free trial because they have some great videos that show how people are using Squarespace to help create sites for their businesses or just themselves. It's it's a really, really great stuff to see and you get some great ideas of how you can use the service. Squarespace have a free trial. There's no credit card required. And if you decide to purchase, plans start at just $8 a month. And... They include a free domain name if you sign up for one of their annual plans. You will get 10% off and you will also help support the show by using the offer code TALLYHO at checkout. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Thank you to Squarespace for their support of Bionic and 5x5. You know, it's quite exciting that they've done lately, if I can promote them for just one quick moment. I would love you to do that. Um, they are attempting to fix one of the greatest quagmires of our time, uh, which is restaurant websites. They've just recently introduced uh, Squarespace for restaurants, and they're building out a brand new way for people to present, you know, um, restaurant websites, uh, menus, uh, integrated with OpenTable and all that sort of stuff. And it's really genuinely... Um, I, I say it as if it's a joke, but it's really not. It's actually something that has been sorely lacking online, uh, being able to have something specifically for that subset of people that need to promote their restaurant. And it's one of the most appalling elements online right now in terms of user experience when you try and find a restaurant and their menu. Um, I don't know. I'm just really thrilled with what they're doing, as always. I'm a huge fan. If they can do anything to try and remove Flash websites from the internet. Yeah. If if Squarespace was a concert, I would I would be nude in the front row right now. Okay. What else what else do we want to talk about today? There's lots of sort of little things, a bit like the end of uh, last week's show. Um first and probably foremost, uh, there was a there was an eight minute Motorola event this so week. So stupid. It was ridiculous. I can't believe they did this. Like my my thinking was that they were just sort of like clearing out the tubes. Of like I was, was going to say that, but I thought I'd get in trouble for making an no. innuendo. No. Um, they performed for eight minutes to clear out the tubes. Like, just because they were getting rid of the last sort of products that Motorola were working on before the Google deal, but now they're like, I, I've seen that they're talking about the fact that they're going to continue to work together, and, and Droid is now all Motorola. Droid is the most embarrassing brand for the Android ecosystem. It is one of the most active elements undermining the goodness that is happening in Android today. Uh, I tweet about this and a lot of people ask me what I meant and it's purely because the branding behind Droid is what? What? Just listen back to the show because you didn't hear me. So, um, (laughs) can you just tell me? Nope. So, basically, they... um, (laughs) Really? <laughs> I just I I just said droid in the robot voice really loudly. Oh, well, I didn't hear it. No, um, you were talking. The droid brand is it's very aggressive. It's robotic. It's got that red coloring to it. It's, it sort of invokes a lot to do with Terminator, and I just find it so embarrassing. And it's it's got this whole sort of all the ads. They tried to do this really soft spoken Apple-y sort of Apple-y Google-y sort of ad, and um, it was just sort of like it was sort of like. Can you imagine doing this? Droid does. Can you imagine doing this? Droid does. And then at the end, it's like, droid. And it's like, 
that didn't make any sense whatsoever. That you just you just advertised the world's biggest contradiction. Um, it's it's just the Android of old. It's the one that wasn't particularly user benefiting. It was still when it was a little bit more raw and very much for um, more competent sort of power users. Um, and I think it's just a relic of a piece of software that doesn't really exist anymore in that way. And I think it perpetuates a lot of stereotypes in the Apple side of the internet that are very, very negative and reductive of what Android has become. Oh my God. I'm trying to find that droid ad, but I don't think, I don't know if this is the right one or not. No, it's like a really soft-spoken, uh, deep-voiced man. Um, and he says, he, he, it's, he has the voice of like a warm blanket and he's going, droid does. And you're like, oh, that sounds so great. I want droid to do things for me. And then at the end, it has the, you know, the loud droid, I'm going to murder your family noise. Yeah, that. Does your phone give you directions? Does your phone give you directions when you ask it to? Navigate to Blue Ribbon Bakery. No, this is definitely not it. Does your phone give you directions by telling you? (laughs) Are you having fun? Yeah, is this a new ad or an old ad? It was, I mean, Droid as a brand has been relatively stagnant for a little while now. It was, it was probably six months ago. It could have been last year. I can't remember. I don't watch that many ads on TV. Did you know there was a Droid phone called the Droid Bionic? Yeah. Probably. I thought you knew that. I thought that's why you called the show this. No, because I was looking for something robot-like. Yeah, so you're perpetuating a stereotype, Mike. You're perpetuating a stereotype, Mike. <laughs> Um, I mean, in all seriousness, the most relevant, they did announce a phone with 48-hour battery life, which is fairly significant. So we have another Motorola event next week. Are we going to do next week's show on Thursday, too? We can talk about that offline. I can't, anyway. I just looked at my calendar. Unless we do one of those really early recordings that you hate. God, this is some exciting programming. Um, We'll talk about it in a minute. I want to talk about it now. Okay, I'll talk about it. Let's open my calendar. <laughs> no, um, no, carry on with the show. No, I'm opening it now. Uh, the only thing I have that day is my rent due. So, <laughs> do you so, want to talk about my rent? Yes, please. Tell me how much you pay. No. Ah, you don't want to talk about your rent. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, so the most of it was really boring. Um, and it was really pointless. And Stephen Hackett got all excited like a little puppy to live blog it on the five twelve pixels account. And then it lasted for eight minutes and he was just kind of like, Oh, and he was just getting warmed up on all his banter and then it stopped. Um, which is a metaphor for a great many things. Um, one of the main things that's really bothered me around this whole week is that we've had a lot of, um, stuff happen in the Android, Android and Google more specifically ecosystem. So Apple had their earnings and everything. And there's just been there's been a very obvious level of um, aggression between both camps to the likes I haven't seen in quite a long time, and it was just disappointing because I had kind of forgotten it existed. Um, there's a lot of people very much claiming to be um, objective and who are really really trying to sort of pursue this whole narrative that they're very interested in the broader competitive landscape. Um, but then, you know, as soon as a convenient sort of fact or a convenient bit of analysis comes along, everyone's been jumping on it. And there's been a lot of people that followed the Google event 
And it seemed like they followed the Google event purely for the sake of trolling it. And not in a way that's, you know, sort of joking around and sarcastic, like what you might get from someone like Steven or me. Um, it was it was far more sort of reductive and aggressive. And it was just, it was a, an upsetting reminder that people still have this very sort of tribal mentality when it comes to these products. Um, when really, I mean, you have to look, the Nexus 7, maybe it's not for all of us, but it has a lot going for it. There's a lot compelling happening there. And um, it was a shame to see everyone sort of devolve into a lot of aggression. Um, so if we could edit that whole speech to have um, a soft piano playing uh, for when this goes out, that'd be great. Thanks, Mike. All right. Are you there? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Did you hear the doorbell? Yeah. <laughs> that's That's... An Apple blogger coming to kill you. Yeah, seriously. This has happened before. This is like the time I talked... About Amazon I said, some, ne- I said some negative things about Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and, and the doorbell rang. Um, uh, did you see all this stuff about self-publishing on the Xbox One? No. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did, because <laughs> I, I threw it in your face. I to you, I did Okay, so Microsoft announced yesterday that anyone and everyone is going to be able to self-publish on the Xbox One as long as they have an Xbox One. Um, (laughs) What? I I get what you're saying, but the the way that that sounded initially to me was as long as Microsoft makes it. No, no, it's it's actually significantly different because the PlayStation 4 to develop for it and self-publish for it costs $2,500. No, no, no. I mean, like, as, as long as Microsoft actually make an Xbox One. Oh, it's a really hilarious joke. My sides are splitting open right now. Why are you being like this? I'm know. not going to find that piano music you wanted now. Oh, it would have been so nice, though. It would be- Just find the soft-spoken man promoting Droid and play that during the background. No. Because okay. the more I think about it, the more it's going to sound really weird for people until they... Anyway, so the, the the main point I was trying to make with all of this is that Xbox is working, I mean, Microsoft is obviously working very hard right now to um, rectify a lot of the PR issues they had when they first announced the Xbox One. And one of the more prominent ones, aside from all the other stuff that everyone got themselves into a furrow over that no one really cares about anymore, um, was self-publishing. So... Um, you're now able to do it, and it's it, a much the barrier to entry is far, far, far lower than it is for the PlayStation Four. So I'm I, I'm not saying it in a competitive way. I'm just saying that it's uh, it's good to see them actively working to um, fix some of their image and everything. It does that make you feel anything better about the Xbox One? I have no doubt that next week we'll find out that you can only develop for the console if you um, are able to maybe surgically implant a controller into your hands and then Sony will come out and say that they don't need to do any of that. Then uh, Microsoft will come out and say, oh, no, you don't need to surgically implant the controller into your hands anymore, but you also now need to pay us $25 million, but you can publish, anybody can publish. That's what I predict will happen. You're such a troll. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think I'm becoming a fanboy for Microsoft. I'm, I'm worried. That's cool. We're all allowed to be fanboys about something. What are you a fanboy about? You. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> XO, XO. <laughs> um, um, that, I mean, that, that, was, that was pretty much the extent of everything. I was going to talk about 
the weirdness of buying toys for babies. Um, but I don't really think that has any bearing on technology. No. No. I mean, what sort of kid wants a toy corn on the cob? I'll put it in the show notes, eh? Did you see it? You sent me it. Oh. For context, I had to buy two of my board members. Uh, they both recently had newborn sons. Oh, the problem of being VC funded, eh? Oh, look at all my issues. Um, I have to buy so many toys for my oh, board members. I just have so much venture funding in the bank. I have to buy them toys out of the money that they give me. No, so um, <laughs> I thought it would be the nice thing to do. So I tried to go out to the shops and it was a very upsetting experience. And so I thought I'd go to Amazon and A, actually this was the worst week to go to Amazon to try and buy baby stuff because uh, they have a royal baby section. And it's just straight up just like gold piggy banks. And like <laughs> t-shirts for kids that just say like ridiculous things on the front. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> but like in and amongst all of this, like, I looked at the top 10, or like the top 100 toys for kids aged like zero to four or whatever, zero to three. And like in the top five, it was like a smiley corn on the cob and a smiley broccoli. And it's like, it's just such a ridiculous uh, baby-related agenda. Do you think there's an agenda? What you... probably, probably. Don't you think there is? I don't know. Maybe I should read the description for this item. And then mm. I can find out what what it's in reference to. So let me see. Are you looking up? Yeah. Um... Under the Nile has been in business for 12 years. The owner and founder of Under the Nile was motivated to design her own clothing line that was a healthy alternative to conventional clothing for her children. All of the Under the Nile products are 100% certified organic cotton. As an, as an added bonus, they are, are Egyptian cotton. Okay, that was informative. <laughs> Concern um, for the environment, humanity, and ethical business practices. Yeah, Working harmoniously as one. It doesn't really say why Under the Nile makes very specific toys that are all vegetable based. <laughs> they have an asparagus. It doesn't even look that happy. Like It looks like it slightly hates itself for being caught on the cob. Oh, Matthew. The banana one is really unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and it, oh god I've, oh no that's upsetting no baby it? should see that it's unfortunate isn't it I'm, I'm looking at it I'm, uh, I'm, I see in the show notes it's a very unfortunate soft toy the eggplant <laughs> you can't call it that not the, when it looks the like the eggplant this. is just weird should we explain what the banana looks like no it's in the show notes 5x5.tv slash bionic slash 52 and peeled off just the top as you would um, do a banana. Or like, Just the tip, then, I think, is, is the... And then there's, like, for. a head right there. Like, if you had a smiley face on the tip of the banana. But for some <laughs> reason, it's wearing a yellow banana sort of pointy hat. Uh-huh. In other words... Why is the top of the banana still on the banana? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. The, the toy doesn't make any sense. Beyond being a giant phallic symbol... Mm-hmm. Um, to put in a crib with a baby, which is upsetting. Have you seen um, the asparagus? 
Oh no, that doesn't even look like that. Looks more like a tree with a face and like a hat than anything else. Well, the, the broccoli looks even more like a tree. Well, that's true. Oh man, the broccoli has got some horrifyingly scary stitching. Um, these are really awful. Um, oh god, the reviews are terrible. Really? Uh, do you want to hear the top review for the banana? Yes. It's entitled, it's written by Sarah Logan. It's an Amazon. <laughs> oh, I know Sarah well. It was written in, uh, it was written on May 6th, 2007. Four out of four people have found it very helpful. Um, it's entitled, A Friend for Your Little Banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's five out of five stars for durability, three for educational, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> was it educating? And, and four out of five stars for fun. It's one star for education. There's no education in this at all. And then it's 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 concise. Okay. Um, she she writes well. Um, she says, "quote My little Anna banana sleeps with this banana every night. It's soft and durable. Doesn't mind if she chews on it. Has <laughs> <laughs> a sweet face. It also washes extremely well. What in what um, order is the doesn't mind if she chews on it?" It's 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 the second item in the list. If no, I mean, like, list, is, is she saying her child doesn't mind if the banana chews on the child, or the chi- the banana doesn't mind? Because it's mm. you know neither of them make any sense. I'm going to read a review. I've not read this, but there's headings to it, so it just sounds like it's going to be fun. Mm. Um, and I think after that we should probably wrap the show. Yeah, up. we should probably stop it. <laughs> I, there's nothing more that you're going to get out of this episode. So yeah, if, safe, you, if you if you're waiting to hear analysis, there's no more. <laughs> There is no more ecosystem comparison in this week's episode. I mean, Amazon's a tech company. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, we, you know, basically, Matthew, we can we can always argue away by saying it's on the internet. So. Mm. Um, Safe and soft for peace of mind, written by Peter D. Lim. Background: I purchased this as part of a set of four fruits for my five-month-old son, <laughs> who has really, really started teething. He's really started teething. Like really? it's he has twenty five teeth already. Yeah, it's like the plot of Pacific Rim. Pros: organic cotton, soft Egyptian cotton, feels sturdy and well constructed. The soft is also sturdy. Okay, bright color, good size for infants to grab and hold. Matthew, don't oh, say oh, anything. No. Yeah. Fair trade product, socially and environmentally sustainable. Socially, socially. <laughs> it does really well in social environments. Socially. Like you're raising this child, and it's going to go to like its first day at well, no, preschool ban- or wherever, and it's going to bring its little asparagus with it. No, this is the and banana. All the kids are going to be there with like the banana what, what, does what are really kids well with now. I don't get it. The banana um, does really, really well at holding a conversation. It is socially sustainable. Cons: no, so far, not none or nothing. No, so far. Cons: no, no. so far. Tips: <laughs> tips. No, I'm not. <laughs> what? How is there a tip? Anyway, continue. If you're going to purchase organic slash natural products for your child, <laughs> <laughs> use non-toxic cleaning products <laughs> to clean the toys. 
<laughs> Top tip, don't kill your children. Yeah, don't kill your children. Washing instructions. Machine wash only. Tumble dry until toy is completely dry. Do not immerse in water and leave out to dry. Oh, there's another tip. There's a tip within this tip. Place a bath towel in the dryer with the toy to dry faster. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> that literally makes no sense. What? What's his name? Peter? Yeah. I hope you're listing his review as unhelpful. The, or he has a conclusion. Hmm. This is where the meat of the uh, (laughs) argument for this asparagus... Is this the asparagus? (laughs) No, this is the banana. Oh, I didn't realise you were on the banana. Yeah. With so many products on the market that have unknown dyes, BPA, toxins, etc. in them, it is great to find products such as these that I know are safe for my infant. I love safe bananas for my kids too. I feel like we need to read one more review from something else. Like another one of these toys, and then we can finish the show. I mean, I've closed Amazon, so it's all you. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What one shall I pick? I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna look at the carrot. I uh, yeah, I was gonna go for the carrot too. So I'm gonna go for the asparagus now. Oh God! You right? I just top top comment. Okay. Perfect for what it was int- intended. Colon. Chewing! Exclamation mark. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe they're baby chew toys? I don't, this seems yeah, to be a common seem that thread. <laughs> these are chew toys. Love these by Emily P. I brought every single vegetable and fruit that Under the Nile makes. They are made of the softest material and have the sweetest faces. My one-year-old enjoys carrying these around and chewing on them as she cuts teeth. We know what they're for now. She also enjoys pushing them around in her shopping cart and I expect they will last long enough to transition into pretend play when she is old enough. She put an exclamation mark at the end so I thought I would... Someone's kid really hates like the, the strawberry. Well, at least the reviews have shown us what these toys are for where the product description could not. They are clearly teething for teething. Or at least this is what kids seem to be using them for. We've ended up in a rabbit hole here, Mike. This is what would have happened if you let oh me my continue God, Matthew, reading Ehow last have, week about strippers. I have one more, and this is this you're, you're going to go insane when you when I read this first sentence. I'm not allowed to joke about it though, because it's inappropriate to make innuendos and jokes when we're talking about a baby toy. Yeah, it is, but that's not what I'm saying. Is this is just ridiculous? This one is on the corn, and this will be the last one. <laughs> what <laughs> What are we doing? Um, this you is, You're the one that's really got this going. I know. Well. Yeah, I guess so. Great right. Corn by Busted. <laughs> I know. I bought this for my baby and my friend's kids after we all... <laughs> wait, wait, I got to go back to the start. <laughs> I bought this for my baby and my friend's kids after we all read Omnivore's Dilemma. That sounds like an extremely complicated piece of literature. <laughs> I don't understand. Like why they're, reading... sitting, uh, they're sitting around together. <laughs> I can just picture it now. Um, a lot of like toddlers sitting around with pipes and uh, deer stalker hats, which are, you know, very top quality headwear. And uh, they're all just going, hmm, particularly interesting today is the omnivore's dilemma, of which you will have read over the past week. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's adorable, soft, and very durable. I threw it in the washer, and because it's filled with so much cotton, 
I had to put it through two cycles in the dryer to dry it. Well, we already know, busted. Peter told us this. You need to put a towel in there with you. <laughs> but I'd just like to point out that <laughs> when he's saying that he threw, he put it through two cycles, he spelt through T-H-R-U. Oh, ban America for life from <laughs> still... the, the word, you know, arena. That was really, considering I was making an argument about vocabulary and diction there, <laughs> I, I, I just, just said word arena out loud. Um, <laughs> it still looks new, even after almost weekly washes and being chewed on by my baby for five months. <laughs> Um, oh, Matthew, well, I have found another one that I've read that I now want to read. On this week's episode of Bionic, you've now learned what... Um, I wasn't even going to talk about this. <laughs> I just wanted to sort of briefly mention it, and I thought we were going to wrap up the show. Um, I think that was the intention by everyone. Um, but now we've ended up discovering the true usage of toy fruit for toddlers. And also how Americans continue to uh, defile the word through... Uh, the argument being that we spell it thruff and that it should be spelled through, which is much faster and more American. <laughs> that sounds about right. Mm. Faster is more American. Mm. Um, Would you like me to read that last one <laughs> I found? You really want to, so you can do it. I know. I mean, everyone's already stopped listening anyway, so we can pretty much just chat about whatever. It really point. soaks up the drool by <laughs> E. Gershutz. This is cute. E, by, by E. Gershutz. Egoshutz? Egoshutz. Egoshutz. I don't know. I'm just carrying on. Is he, is he German? Oh, I'm Mr. E, Mr. Egoshutz? Maybe. This is cute and really made well. My baby has a hard time getting his hands around. No. 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 No, I'm, no, I'm not reading it. I know it. a way to make this more acceptable. I'm not reading it. I'm not reading if, it. When you read the word baby, <laughs> you assume they're actually talking about an, a grown uh, sexual mate. In that situation, it becomes way more acceptable because they haven't specified. Are you okay? Um. Thanks for listening to episode 52 of Bionic. <laughs> you can, um, I I've never done this before. You can find uh, our show notes so you can uh, browse some uh, chewable fruit for you and your baby, whatever your baby may be, uh, on Amazon and in our show notes, uh, 5x5.tv slash bionic slash 52. And um, you can find Mr. Michael Hurley on Twitter as iMike. I M Y K E. He's also on app.net is the same thing. Um, and you can find me as at Matt Alexand on Twitter. So it's Matt Alexander without the ER. You can find me on app.net, but I'm rarely there. Um, but it's Matt Alexander with the ER and, uh, 137.net O N E three seven.net. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm crying. Did I do anything wrong like, with that? I actually had, no, you did well. I actually have tears coming out of my eyes. Mm. Uh, Thanks, Matthew. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if you're still here. <laughs> so, uh, we love you deeply. And we're back next week. Bye, baby.